an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. What's up, everyone? Welcome into Fantasy Pros. This is the Fantasy Football Podcast. Tara Roberts here. And I'm super excited to host today's podcast along with Pat Morris and Derek Brown. And today we are giving you 15 mid-round value picks. It is a lot, but we are going to get through it, I promise. Pat and Debra, how are you guys doing today? Doing well, Tara. I mean, we have preseason football week two dead ahead of us. And uh, looking forward to getting more, I don't know, some people hate the preseason, but I kind of like the buildup. I like to get as many clues as possible before we get into our most important drafts of the year, the home league drafts. Completely agree. Debra, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing good. Unlike uh, Mr. Fitzmorris, who is a total savage, by the way. That man is a monster, both in the bar and in the drafts. Um... Fantastic time at the expo uh, last weekend, and uh, I'm still licking my wounds. I'm not like Pat. I can't get up at 7 a.m. after a long night. Don't know how he does it, but hopefully one of these days he'll share the the Fountain of Youth elixir with me. He's a champ. I agree. I do that as well. <laughs> Before we get started, guys, do not forget to subscribe and turn on notifications because you do not want to miss out on any of the fantastic content that we have coming out. We are way too close to draft season. Pat mentioned we are at preseason everything is happening so fast so make sure that you are tuned in now 15 players is a ton to go through so we're just going to go ahead and get started and because we have so many players i thought that i would help alleviate the workload for pat and debro and give my favorite mid-round pick and it is it's zay flowers of course i i love zay flowers i am drinking the baltimore ravens bounce back kool-aid and the guy who i just can't stop drafting at all in mid-rounds is zay flowers I mean, it's nearly impossible to not find a glowing report that isn't just extremely positive. We've got the highlight videos of him looking absolutely fantastic running around. He just looks flawless and incredible on the field. And when you're looking at his resume at Boston College, the production was so impressive. He was a high volume receiver, explosive athlete, and the Ravens are preparing him for literally every position across the field. I do believe that he can be the Ravens wide receiver one. I love all rookies, but to be honest, Zay Flowers has to be my My absolute favorite. I think he has the most realistic path to wide receiver one. I'm 100% on Zay Flowers. How are you guys feeling about him? Oh, Tara, you said it. I mean, like he could very well be the Ravens' best receiver right out of the gates. And um, yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson is calling him joystick. That, that's yes. a pretty good indication of the sort Love of uh, athleticism and movement skills that Zay Flowers has. And he reminds me a lot in this rookie class of a rookie receiver from last year, who I'm going to talk about a little later. So I'll tease that. Debro, how, how are you feeling about Zay Flowers? I've been all on the Zay train ever since prospect season. I mean, before we went through the NFL draft and stuff, he was my wide receiver, too, in this class. So... Big believer in the skill set, the talent, and people could poke holes in some of his metrics. That man dealt with terrible, like capital T, poof, terrible quarterback play in college. And much like Jahan Dotson, it did not hold him back. He said, you know what? Forget this noise. I'm still going to be a first round pick. And he's showing everybody why he was selected in the first round. I love him because like I talked about, the path could be really clear for him to be the wide receiver one in this offense without a whole lot happening. I mean, Rashad Bateman, as much as I love him, injury questions. We don't know how much Odell Beckham has left in the tank. So you're talking about the clearest path to be the number one running mate with Mandrews? Hmm. Could easily be Zay Flowers. I love it. I'm so excited for this Ravens offense because, you know, new offensive Todd Monken, offensive coordinator, he is stepping in there and openly saying that they're going to put Lamar Jackson in control, open this offense up, get Lamar Jackson back to that Louisville version of him that was an absolute menace on the field. So... I am so excited to see this in action. Before we get started and talk about the rest of our picks, we are so close to the start of fantasy football. The NFL season is right around the corner. And while we are waiting, we could be going out to events, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, and so much more. And the best way to get tickets to any of these is on GameTime, the fastest growing ticketing app in the U.S., 
for last minute amazing deals on tickets to see your favorite baseball team, band, or comedian download Game Time. Again, it's not just sports. August means huge summer concerts and comedy shows all across the country. And Game Time has your tickets. Download the Game Time app and redeem code Fantasy Pros for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Download the Game Time app and enter code Fantasy Pros for $20 off. No matter where you live, get out and have some fun this weekend. Download Game Time today and enter code Fantasy Pros. Last minute tickets, lowest priced. Guaranteed. All right, Pat, why don't you start us off here? All right, Tara. Uh, I'm going to go with Samaj P. Ryan, who right now has an ADP of RB40 and is going outside the top 100 picks. Samaj is not the sort of running back I typically target in fantasy drafts. He's going to turn 28 just days after the start of the regular season. Uh, P. Ryan was a day three draft pick. And he's probably one of the slower running backs in the league. His best season as a runner was a 603-yard campaign way back in 2017, which was his rookie year. But Samaj P. Ryan is the clear number two back in Denver, playing behind a guy in Javante Williams who's coming off a multi-ligament knee tear. And, um, like, there's no question P. Ryan's the number two. Number three behind him is a distant third, probably Tyler Beatty from Missouri. Um and look, even if Javante's recovery goes swimmingly, and the reports have been pretty optimistic, there are usually a lot of running back touches to go around in a Sean Payton offense. And throughout his time at uh, with the Saints in New Orleans, there have typically been multiple fantasy-relevant running backs in Payton's offenses. I mean, it was Deuce McAllister and Reggie Bush it was Pierre Thomas and Reggie Bush. It was Pierre Thomas and Darren Sproles. It was Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Even going back to his time as the offensive coordinator with the Giants, it was Tiki Barber and my guy from Wisconsin, Ron Dane. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, the price on P. Ryan is pretty nice for like a running back three, running back four type, a be- uh, depth option on your bench. Uh, I think he's going to have standalone value this year. I see that ADP is still pretty far ahead of ECR for P. Ryan. Is there any concern that he's maybe going a little bit too high? Or is he someone that is he someone that you'll reach on? Or is that someone that you maybe want to take a little bit of discount on? I think the uh, the public has a right on this one, Terry. Yeah, his ECR is running back 50, and he's 153rd overall. I, I think the Sharps are wrong on this. I think it's way too low. Where, where do you have him ranked at, Pat? Because I'm kind of curious, because I, I, I agree with you. Um Maybe I'll sit here and spill the Kool-Aid first. I have P. Ryan at RB32. Where are you at? Wow, that's even more than me, Deeper. I think I'm like RB37 or 38. Yeah, I mean, this is all to say that he should be in that RB3 range. If we think that he has standalone value as well as high-end uh, handcuff value, contingent value, then him sitting in the RB4, 5 range is ridiculous. Agreed. Yeah. Debro, uh, what about your next player? Well, I mean, Pat made such a great case about Samaj P. Ryan. I just got to sit here and give some more Broncos love here. So staying with the same team, I know it did not work out last year, people, but I'm telling you to buy back in because he's being left for dead. Right now, he is the wide receiver 46 in ADP, 42nd in ECR, and I'm not going to leave him in draft rooms. Cortland Sutton, we'll talk about positive camp reports. Everything coming out of Denver has been awesome for Cortland Sutton. You have coaches, beat writers talking about this looks like Sutton for 2019. He's he's looking spry, as well as the numbers reflect this. I understand Russell Wilson did not play good last year, but that doesn't mean that Cortland Sutton did not play good last year. And yes, if you look at the fantasy points and yards per route run, all those different metrics, it does not look pretty. But if you go even deeper, if you look at ESPN open scores, so the things that Cortland Sutton can control, i.e. getting open on his routes, over the last two years, he's tied for 12th in open score with... Somebody who's not exactly a schmo, C.D. Lamb. So I want to put some respect on Cortland Sutton's name. And if we believe that this offense can bounce back, Pat's talking about buying into Samaj P. Ryan. We like what, you know, Sean Payton is dealing out there. Even I'll, I'll sit there and back up what he said about Nathaniel Hackett. I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers. I put it in my mouth. Excuse me. But Cortland Sutton, I think, is going to be in for a fantastic bounce back campaign and where he's going in drafts. You're basically saying, or where people are drafting at, they're basically saying he's not going to do any better than he did last year. It's going to be a similar show that we saw in 2022, and I just don't believe that. 
it's amazing. I feel like I feel like with Sutton, he could be one of those players that everyone is just writing off because, you know, they expect that this is just going to be the continuation of what we've seen. And then suddenly he returns to greatness. I, I do got to ask, though, at the same time, what kind of ceiling are we expecting from him? Because his highest finish was wide receiver 19 back in 2019, ironically. Um, and it's been in the 40s every other year other than that injury year. So what what's the best that we can realistically expect in your opinion? I think if if Russell Wilson fully bounces back and we see Russell Wilson of old, the absolute like 5%, 3% outcome for Cortland Sutton is being a top 24 wide receiver. If you believe that Russell Wilson can still be that type of guy, now is that where I'm putting him in the most median ranges of outcomes? No. I have Cortland Sutton right now ranked as wide receiver 40. And I think that you can make a case for him Anywhere between low-end wide receiver three territory, high-end wide receiver four territory. This is all to say that we need to be, and I'm going to be, above consensus. So if his ADP continues to climb with all these camp reports, you're going to see in my rankings on Fantasy Pros him to go slowly continue to go up the board. Yeah, I'm um I'm with Debra on this one. Like, I think I might actually have Sutton ranked ahead of Debra, like wide receiver 38 or 39, which is funny. Because as you know, Debro, I was not with you and Erickson on the Cortland Sutton Express last year when it derailed. It's okay, was, Pat. Uh, Look, the, the, the ticket's still good. Yeah. It might be old. It might be weathered and a little bit beat up. You might have spilled some beer on it in your pocket. Well, I'm sorry, Miller Light, but it, you know, sometimes things happen. But it's still fine, Pat. The ticket's still good. There was no expiration date on it. That's it. Bottom line, I mean, I thought there was too much of a gap between Sutton and Jerry Judy last year and that Judy should have been higher and Sutton should have been lower. And this year, I think there's too big a gap between Judy and Sutton. I think Judy should Mm -hmm. probably be a little lower and Sutton a little higher. Mm, That was what I was going to ask. So we've got some AJP, Ryan. We've got Cortland Sutton. We we love these two guys. We're looking for a Russell Wilson bounce back. Um, Devontae coming back as well. You know, we look at these other pieces. You know, we've got Devontae Williams and Jerry Judy. Are those two guys that you're also in on as well? Are you pulling back? Sounds like you're pulling back on Jerry Judy. A little bit, a little bit. I'm I'm not comfortable with him being a top 20 wide receiver. Some people have him inside the top 20. I do not. I do. I have my wide receiver 16. (laughs) Ooh, I like that. That's bullish. Yeah, well, you know, it's so weird for me to sit here and plant flags on players I like. I know, totally crazy. <laughs> Pat, how about you give us another uh, another controversial guy being taken in mid-rounds? All right, Terry. Yeah, maybe this one is controversial. Uh, it's Devon Achan, the rookie for the Miami Dolphins. He is currently sporting an ADP of RB39, 99th overall. His ECR is much higher, uh, running back 30, 84th overall. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous about the way he was used by the Dolphins in their first preseason game. He appeared to be fifth on the Miami depth chart. Uh, he played behind Miles Gaskin and Salvon Ahmed with uh, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson getting the night off. And A-Chain was even used as a gunner on special teams, although maybe we shouldn't read too much into that because they also used uh, their other highly drafted rookie, second-round cornerback Cam Smith, as a gunner. Uh, I just didn't think Mike McDaniel was going to be like an old-school, make-the-rookies-earn-it kind of a coach, but here we are. So um, regardless, A-Chain has the talent to ascend the Miami depth chart pretty quickly. He is a hand-in-glove fit for Mike McDaniel's wide zone running scheme. And we saw Raheem Mostert, after basically just being a special teamer early in his career, have a mid-career breakout with the 49ers, with Mike McDaniel as their running game coordinator. And Mostert played well for McDaniel in San Francisco. He played well in Miami last year. But he's 31 and has this extensive injury history. A-Chain is a younger far more explosive version of Mostert and a far better pass catcher. The concern with A-Chain is size, 5'9", 188, but he averaged 23.2 touches a game for Texas A&M last fall. Like, they gave him the rock because they had nothing else on that offense. And, I mean, this guy has pretty extraordinary contact balance for a younger or for a smaller back, and he reminds me a lot of Warwick Dunn, who was just, uh, you know, electric and had great contact balance and was a really valuable fantasy asset way back in the day. So uh, it's going to be fun to see how Mike McDaniel makes use of A-Chain and his 4-3-2 speed. 
You mentioned that, you know, depth chart, third in the depth chart, but it's it's tough to imagine that he stays down there for any significant amount of time. Um, at what point do you think we'll start to see significant touches for him? Do you think we can see that right off the bat in the season, or is it maybe going to be something that we hold off a little bit on? Yeah, I hope we see it right away, Tara, when we don't get, um, you know, explosive plays out of Mostert and, and uh, Jeff Wilson. Maybe we will get some out of Mostert, but again, he's on the wrong side of 30 and gets hurt a lot. So uh, I think they're going to need A-Chain to mix in pretty soon, and I do think he's the best pass-catching back on their roster. Agree. Debra, who is your next player? Well, um, I want to stay on the the rookie train here. Uh, with Pat. So Jordan Addison is a guy that I want to be drafting everywhere. And can we please stop talking about preseason depth charts? This does not matter at all. Like, I mean, did Justin Jefferson not teach us anything when we're getting like stuff out of like BC Johnson is going to sit here and start over him. KJ Osborne is not starting over Jordan Jeff or Jordan Addison. Can we get past that? Like, come on the intern, whoever put that together. I mean, Oof, you know, bless them. But <laughs> that person is not going to be deciding who gets the playing time. Kevin O'Connell is. So Jordan Addison is already flashing in preseason. And with a player that's getting airdropped into an offense that was third in neutral passing rate, second in red zone passing rate last year. And I'm not a believer in Alexander Madison. And I don't think anybody should be. Then yes, Addison's needle is pointing firmly up. It's a rocket ship. When, how many years do we have to see rookie wide receivers hit the ground running and be league winners, especially down the stretch, before we're willing to buy in? Adam Thielen in this offense had a 17% target share, 107 targets last year. Do we not think that at their, their, the spots in their respective careers, Jordan Addison has more juice? He is the better player at this point in his career? I, I, I'm firmly in that camp. So I think Addison is a guy that could get a 20% target share in his rookie season you know, on an offense that's going to throw the ball one crap ton. So that's what I want to be investing in. So the fact that his ADP, he's sitting at wide receiver 38, ECR has him at wide receiver 37. No, 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 no. It's not, it's not far off, but I have him as a top 32 wide receiver. Like he's he, in my ranks, he has floated anywhere between the mid twenties. Right now I have Jordan Addison at wide receiver 32. Like he's in a tier with, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Quentin Johnston and all of these guys. Again, I talked about it as the needle moves with consensus or ADP, the closer we get to week one, if people bump up Addison even more, I want to stay ahead of consensus with him. So if you're following my ranks, don't be surprised if he does get into that low end twenties before we get to week one. Hmm. I like that. Uh, we mentioned, you know, KJ Osborne, I completely agree with you that, you know, it shouldn't be that hard for, Addison to jump over KJ Osborne. Are there any concerns around the level of production that we'll see from TJ Hawkinson? How do you see them shaking out? Do you still lean towards Addison being the second look in that offense above TJ Hawkinson? I think he can be. Now, does he start that week one? Probably not. But when we're talking about we're gearing up for fantasy playoffs, you were looking for players that can not only get us into the playoffs in the middle of the season, but carry us home the championships down the stretch run. That's the part where I care about it so much. So if he's getting out targeted by TJ Hawkinson in the first four or five weeks, I don't care. That doesn't matter because this target tree is still so narrow that even if he's the third guy, we're still talking about if it's not KJ Osborne, they're not going to throw to their running backs. None of, nobody on this depth chart is a plus receiving back. And there's nobody that's going to fight for targets behind Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson Outside of Jordan Addison, I'm sorry, KJ Osborne truthers, but he's proven time and time again, he's not a high-end target earner. He is going to probably get a 13 to 15% target share in this offense and whatever. You can play him on matchups. That's great and grand. That does not mean that Addison cannot be the number two in this offense and he will not start immediately week one as the number three. I will admit I was a KJ Osborne truther, but the drafting of Jordan Addison, I um, fell back on my trutherism. So, <laughs> so I agree with you. Before we dive into our next player, if you're like me looking to stay healthy, but have a ton going on in life, this is right up your alley. With the busy fall season just around the corner, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. 
Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. If you're too busy with your end-of-summer goals to cook but want to make sure you're eating well with Factor, you can skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping and prepping and cleaning up too while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality that you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy and then get back to crushing your goals this August, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered straight to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess at all. Head over to factormeals.com slash fantasypros50. Use code fantasypros50 to get 50% off. That's code fantasypros50 at factormeals.com slash fantasypros50 to get 50% off. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Right now, I want to take some time to celebrate our everyday champions, our cars. Thanks to eBay Motors, we're keeping our rides running as smoothly as our fantasy teams. Our cars are more than just vehicles. They're partners in our daily hustle. They're there for the early morning commutes, the weekend getaways, and every crucial errand in between. Remember those times your car was the MVP, getting you to that important meeting or helping you make a last-minute pickup? Just like the right player in fantasy football, the right car makes all the difference in our daily game of life. The dependability a car provides is one of the cornerstones of our daily lives, which is why it's so important to maintain our vehicles the way we maintain our fantasy teams. Just like a well-managed fantasy team, maintaining your car requires strategy and foresight. It's all about knowing when to make those crucial upgrades or timely repairs. Ever experience the triumph of a DIY fix on your car? That perfect moment when everything comes together and your vehicle runs as smoothly as planned? That's what eBay Motors brings to the table. Ensuring each part you choose is not just a temporary solution, but a perfect fit for your car's needs. Speaking of perfect fits, whether it's choosing the right fantasy player or finding the ideal part for your car, the right fit can make your day. There's a unique satisfaction when everything falls into place, be it a winning fantasy lineup or a car part that enhances your ride. That's why eBay Motors is dedicated to making sure you get that perfect fit every time. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Pat, who do you have next? Pat Fryermuth. And um, so Fryermuth had 60 catches as a rookie, 63 catches last year. And there were some exciting gains from Fryermuth in year two. His yardage total went from 497 as a rookie to 732 last year. 
His average depth of target went from 5.3 yards in 2021 to 8.3 yards in 2022, and his yards per target jumped from 6.3 to 7.5. Really the only category where he fell off in year two was touchdowns. He went from seven as a rookie to two last year. I think it's uh, safe to expect a bounce in that category since Fryermuth is just one of six tight ends with more than 30 red zone targets over the last two seasons. And if you miss those top-tier guys, if you miss Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Debro's guy Darren Waller, my guy Kyle Pitts, um, you know, if tight end kind of gets away from you in your draft, I think Fryermuth is a nice fallback guy in the mid-rounds. Any concerns around Washington and the, the size and the presence that he could be within the red zone? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he is a potential um, a guy who could maybe start cutting into Fryermuth's snap counts down the road. I don't think it's going to happen in his rookie year. Like, that guy is a crazy athletic specimen. But, you know, as our guy Thor Nystrom pointed out, like, you go back and look at Washington's tape from Georgia and like there wasn't a lot of you didn't see a lot of spectacular grabs. You didn't see crazy stuff after the catch. Like there wasn't a lot of um, great stuff as a pass catcher put on tape there. So, um, you know, I think Fryermuth is pretty well ahead of him in that regard. Debra, who do you have next? Well, I'm going to give the first half of this year because I know people in our discord and out on Twitter, or excuse me, X have asked who is my league winning combo this year? My league winning stack. So I'm going to give the first half of that teasing the second half for later in this show. Daniel Jones is still being slept on. It's insane to me, but right now his ECR is at QB 12. Uh, his ADP is at QB 14 and a lot of other home league drafts. You're going to see him go in that range QB 14 to QB 17. And I think that's absolute insanity. If you look at what Daniel Jones did last year, the QB 10 in fantasy points per game, he was seventh in fantasy points per drop back. And this is all while they did not throw the ball a ton. Yes, we all understand like the rushing equity that he has. That's not going anywhere. What is going to happen this year is the Giants are going to throw the ball more. They did this down the back half of the season last year. That's going to sit here and cross over to this season. And for a guy that was 21st in passing touchdowns, only threw 15 last year. We think with more talent around him, second year of Brian Dable offense, that number is going to go up as well as having more players to stretch the field because he was 30th in deep attempts last year. And this is again, talking about he was operating in a conservative offense because they did not have the skill players to execute a high flying offense. And I'm not telling you they're going to be top three in passing rate, but top 12, top 15. Absolutely. Lock them in. They're going to be there. And, with Daniel Jones both passing more and taking more deep shots, because we do have a sample of him being a good deep ball thrower. In 2020, before Jason Garrett and Joe Judge and all those other idiots decided to take over the offense and screw him up, Daniel Jones was top 10 in both deep ball completion rate and deep ball accuracy. With the passing volume going up, we know the rushing equity is there. QB 12 is his absolute floor this year, and I think he has top five upside at the position. Can I uh, can I interject something there, Tara? Um, yeah, yeah. So what you were saying about him being around late, Deeper, I just got him in the tenth round of our flex league best ball draft, and I was the last guy to take a quarterback <laughs> in that draft. So yeah, I got him at ten oh nine, I th or ten ten oh eight, um, and yeah, like. One thing, I mean, I do think if you get him as your top quarterback, you should probably draft a good backup because he does have to deal with the Dallas defense. He does have to deal with the Philadelphia defense and, you know, the best pass rush in the league. But um, I agree with what you're saying about the talent infusion. I do think they're going to take more deep shots downfield. And obviously, uh, Dable is just this quarterback whisper. I mean, like Daniel Jones, the turnover machine, had the best interception rate in the league last year. Like more good thing is more good things are coming in the passing game. And, uh, you know, you're getting the Konami code quarterback here. Like he ran for 700 yards last year. It makes no sense, Pat. I don't understand why people are just leaving him outside of the QB one territory uh, because the entire situation has improved around him. And so we're going to see last year. If I look at that as his floor this year, we're in for the ceiling performance. You guys are preaching to the choir. I am also 100% in 
in on Daniel Jones. I don't get the disrespect. I I understand why they're doing it because they're holding on to the past, but you got to get on board with the future here. <laughs> Everything yes. you guys said, yes. 100% in on. Um, and this next guy, just spoiler alert, Pat, um, if I had not chosen Zay Flowers as my guy, this is my other guy right here. So <laughs> lead us in. Nice. It's Elijah Moore. And, you know, I don't want to cling to the past here, but there was that stretch two years ago in his rookie year where Elijah Moore had over a six game period, 34 catches for 459 yards and five touchdowns. Over those six weeks, he was the wide receiver four in PPR fantasy scoring behind only Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen and Cooper Cup. So uh, the quarterbacks who were throwing him the ball during that stretch, by the way, when he was going nuclear, Zach Wilson, Mike White, Joe Flacco, John Johnson, four, uh, Josh Johnson, wait, John, anyway, four different guys. Basically, the only thing Jets quarterbacks were doing over that stretch was uh, throwing to Elijah Moore and getting hurt. So um, Moore runs great routes, good hands, super productive in his final two seasons at Ole Miss after A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf had left. He averaged almost 150 yards a game for the Rebs in his junior year, uh, his final year at Oxford. So I'm pretty excited about what it's going to be like. You know, he kind of sulked his way out of uh, New York after he and Zach Wilson just couldn't get on the same page. I'm more optimistic about how things are going to go with Deshaun Watson, so I think we're going to see a bounce back. I completely agree there. Um, when you're looking at him and how he fits into this offense, we've seen a lot of um, a lot of stuff in terms of how they're getting him all over the field. They're using him out of the backfield. I mean, it just seems like the sky is the limit for him. Deeper, how are you feeling? I like Elijah Moore. I think I'm a little bit lower than than y'all too. And not to like poo-poo the case of Elijah Moore, but like for me, I just have more concerns about Deshaun Watson. And I know I've talked about this on numerous shows um, there are parts of piece of this offense, but I think overall, I'm probably just a little bit below consensus because of if this offense is going to go or not go as well as Watson plays this year. So that that's, that's my overarching concern for Cleveland. That's fair. And I, I have seen the reports that every time Watson has to play <clears throat> from the pocket, things do not look good in mm-hmm. the Browns offense. Yeah, that is it is a little bit risky there. Um, you know, keep it on the little bit risky track, Debro. Who's your next guy? I mean, Tara, we're gonna sit here and frame this around risk, but I think all the risk is being baked in for where Alvin Kamara is going in drafts right now. I mean, he's overall ADP RB26, ECR has him at RB25 inside of my ranks. Again, talking about players that I want to stay ahead of going down, going down. Oh, love, look at that. Uh, Alvin Kamara is my RB22 ranked on fantasypros.com. And I want to remain ahead of consensus because I'm not worried about a three game suspension for Alvin Kamara. So what? That's not going to sit here and knock him down so many different pegs because when he comes back after the suspension, one, he's going to be fresh Two, this is his backfield. Yes. They have Jamal Williams. Yes. They've been working out of the players, any players that they've brought in for workouts like Kareem hunt. Those are more of an indictment on the players behind Alvin Kamara and not Alvin Kamara. Kendra Miller is already dealing with knee issues. Can he stay healthy? We don't know. Alvin Kamara last year, as bad as things were, was still the RB13 in fantasy points per game. The 13, and you're able to draft him as an RB3 right now, as a possible flex play. He's missing only three games. What are we doing here? Considering he was the RB7 in expected fantasy points per game. We know that he is not only, yes, you can have all the concerns and all your Taysom Hill worries going into the season, but he is going to be the passing down back. Say what you will about the red zone. Nobody is taking Jamal Williams, Kendrick Miller. None of these guys are taking pass game routes from Alvin Kamara. And that's what we want again for ceiling in fantasy. And Alvin Kamara, as much as he might've shown drop off last year and tackle breaking and um, efficiency metrics in the passing game, he was still money sixth in yards per route run third in target share those numbers can stay healthy and around those areas this season because we still have concerns about Michael Thomas can Rashid Shahid sit here and repeat what he did in his rookie season Alvin Kamara being drafted as an RB3 is absolute crazy sauce I will take him as a as a flex play all day And I'm comfortable enough to even draft him as my RB2 on certain teams where maybe I went hero running back. Maybe I go zero running back because where the the spot that he goes in drafts, you can do that and still build 
take your elite quarterback, take a high end tight end, build out a really good wide receiver room. And you have Alvin Kamara as your RB2, RB3. This is how you win leagues. Doesn't have to be hard. I was going to ask, uh, yeah, how high are you willing to take him? Because I agree. I don't think that the issue is in talent for Alvin Kamara. It's Alvin Kamara. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. can the Saints do the right thing and give him the receptions that he needs? I need him to get back to that level that he was before because the utilization has just been not what Al- what it's not what Alvin Kamara deserves. Yeah, that's it. Pat, I know you want to push back here. Are you going to sit here and love on Alvin Kamara? No, song? I mean, Tara just got to it, bro. I mean, I, like, I'm only two spots behind you, I think, on Alvin Kamara. And I, okay. I still think he's yep. a talented back. But, yeah, I mean, what we saw early in his career with Sean Payton uh, running the offense was, like, under 200 yards a year for Kamara, but, like, 100 or more targets. And it seems like they're using him as sort of a more conventional lead back. Like, they have boosted the carries and dialed on the targets it's like someone is messing with your stereo you know you've got the settings just right someone comes along messes with the bass the treble like they're they're turning the knobs every which way i want it back to where we were uh when sean payton was was uh i think we tuning the stereo i I think that we get that pat and i think that that is a really really good point because he hasn't had a running mate in this backfield that they can trust ever since mark ingram left and then Mark Ingram came back, but he was an older version and washed up like them bringing in these other running backs to pair with Kamara. Could we not like could we possibly be sleeping on the fact of those moves were made to put Alvin Kamara back into the perfect role mm-hmm. in the passing game and take mm-hmm. away some of that usage in early downs? I love that point. It's a good yeah. point. Extremely good where I live. It is pretty much always summer and summertime barbecues are the perfect time to enjoy time with friends and nothing goes better with barbecue and friends than Miller Lite. Miller Lite is the 96 calorie beer that tastes like beer and is perfectly brewed for everything summer has to offer. Miller Lite is the perfect light beer for all beer lovers. And as soon as you take a sip that day, that barbecue, that conversation with friends, it just instantly gets better. Whether you're spending long afternoons behind the grill or watching the person who is actually on the grill, live those summer moments with Miller Lite and let the great taste of Miller Lite hit your taste buds so hard that it fills your heart with a Miller Lite in your hands. Summertime doesn't just taste great, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash fantasypros. That's MillerLite.com slash fantasypros. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories in 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. All right, Pat, uh, who you got for us next? Well, Tara, I told you I was excited, as excited as you are about Zay Flowers. But uh, last year's version of Zay Flowers was Jahan Dotson. And, uh, yeah, like, I love this guy. The surface stats from his rookie year aren't especially exciting 35 catches 523 yards but he did score seven touchdowns in just 12 games and he had five weeks out of those 12 in which he was a top 20 scorer at the wide receiver position even though Washington had a lackluster quarterback situation and uh you know okay their quarterback situation still isn't great or at least not proven but uh Dotson is 4-4-3 speed He's a good route runner. Um, Like Tyreek Hill, he punches well above his weight on contested catches. Like, he goes up for it and rips balls away from bigger dudes. So um, he's elusive after the catch. His credentials also include high draft capital. The commanders took him 16th overall in the 2021 draft. And, um, excuse me, 2022 draft. And, uh, yeah, so, like, even though Sam Howell is unproven, Supposedly, there's been a pretty good connection between Hull and Dotson in training camp, and uh, I'm not fading Dotson based on his ecosystem. I'm buying the talent. How about you? How are you feeling about that, Deeper? I'm in on Dotson. I mean, I, where he goes in drafts, I'm going to take shots on him, especially in best ball settings. Um, my only big concern has nothing to do with Jahan Dotson is what is the passing volume going to be like for the Washington commanders offense this year? Because we have no clue. Like we cannot sit here and transfer any of the Kansas city stuff with Eric B enemy with Andy Reed there. We don't know where, what that division looked like. And so Dotson, I'm going to try to stay in line with the consensus on him, maybe a little bit above. I'm a huge, huge believer in the talent, but I have concerns on what the passing volume will look like. So 
wide receiver three-ish territory, I think it's perfectly fine. Yeah, I find myself gravitating towards him. I, I love Terry McLaurin, but there's just something about the red zone usage for Jahan Dotson that's just so incredibly appealing. If it can repeat in 2023, Debro, who do you have for us next? Talk about things that will not repeat in 2023. I'm telling you, and I'm going to go out on a limb here. Deontay Johnson's going to score some touchdowns this year. Crazy as I know as it sounds, but Deontay Johnson going right now where he is in the middle of the rounds, like wide receiver 33 and ADP wide receiver 31 and ECR. I, somebody's got to make sense of this for me. Cause I, I, I really do not understand it for a player that people are drafting. Like he is going to score one touchdown, two touchdowns, maybe none again. I, I don't understand that people like, we do not have to sit here and question the, the talent that Deontay Johnson has at all. If you look over the last three years in ESPN Open score, this man is ranked first, fourth, and third. He was the wide receiver 20 in expected fantasy points last year. The two previous years before he went through a campaign of scoring zero touchdowns, he was the wide receiver eight and wide receiver 22 in fantasy points per game. And you can draft him as a wide receiver three? That's crazy to me absolutely crazy. I have him as my wide receiver 19 in ranks right now. I don't think that that's insane considering looking at his production. That could be his floor this year. Kenny Pickett looking good in preseason, stacking that on top of the end of season numbers from an efficiency standpoint that Kenny Pickett was checking a ton of boxes for me. I'm buying back into Deontay Johnson. I keep bringing him up on shows and I keep wondering when his ADP and ECR is going to wake up from this offseason coma. Hasn't happened yet. Going to still keep scooping him in every draft that I'm doing. I love Deontay. I feel like you have to. He's being drafted at the absolute worst possible. Crazy. <laughs> so there's only upside from here. Uh, Pat, your next guy here. Um, I got to say, I, I truly hope that this is the the big breakout year for him because it's just been getting better and better. And we, we need to see that. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk uh, topped the 1,000-yard mark for the first time last season. And it's funny, Debo Samuel's always the first San Francisco receiver off the board in every fantasy draft. And I'm not sure that should be the case. I mean, last year, from the time Christian McCaffrey joined the 49ers in Week 7 through the end of the regular season, Ayuk had a bigger target share than Debo. And Ayuk outscored Debo in fantasy points, uh, PPR points, 2.8 PPR points more per game than Debo over that stretch. And uh, hat tip to Josh Larkey, by the way, for those numbers. Um, Debo's average depth of target last year was 4.3 yards. He's a gadget guy. Like, Ayuk is their classic downfield receiver, and he's really good at it. Beat reporters for the 49ers are raving about Ayuk in training camp. They're saying he's been the best guy on the field for them in training camp and have called him unguardable. So I am excited that we are going to get, like, even more of a breakout. If people think the Ascension stopped last year with 78 catches, 1,000 yards, I don't know if it did. I think, like, the elevator's still going up. Debra, how are you feeling about Brandon Ayuk? I love him. Uh, I, the, my biggest question for Pat is where do you have him ranked at right now? Because I've got Ayuk, and I, I'm with you. I am with you, Pat, that Ayuk should be drafted over Debo, and my ranks reflect that. I've got Ayuk as wide receiver 24, and Debo Samuel is wide receiver 34, but I'm curious where you have them at. You're ahead of me, man. I've got Ayuk 26, and I've got... Uh, Love it. I, I need to come down on Debo. I think I'm at like 23 or 24. Like I've still got Debo ahead and I'm not sure why. Like we just know he's not going to run that much anymore. Yeah. As long as McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell are reasonably healthy, you're not going to get that rushing gravy that we've been getting from Debo the last couple of years. Yeah. Debo is a wide receiver three. He's a PPR guy and a run first offense. Yes. Does that sound appealing to anybody? No. It shouldn't. So no, I'm going to see her and keep fading Debo. He's in my players to avoid article in the fantasy pros draft kit and he's not leaving that article because i'm not going to be drafting him other people can take that shot and as a wide receiver too i don't understand it i don't get it but you know they can have fun with that Debro, who you got next well a guy that has been making all the rounds in camp buzz and look i've been touting his praises i've said it before and i'll say it again james cook is the discount jameer gibbs this year in fantasy football you're getting the same type of talent profile. You're buying into a top five, top 10 scoring offense. We know what the Bills can do, putting up points. And James Cook last year was extremely good on the touches that he got. He was first in explosive run rate, 
15th in yards at a contact per attempt and top 12 in yards per out run. Damian Harris already being banged up. They're talking about, yes, we're going to use James Cook as the lead back. What does that mean? I'm not asking for him to get 15 to 20 carries a freaking game. I don't want that for James Cook. What I want is 15 to 20 touches a game. Give him 12 carries, five to six targets. He catches most of those. And he's now inside of like, he is the passing down guy in this offense. If you're heading over and look again, this is a player I want to be heavily invested, especially if I'm taking shots on the Millie in the fantasy pros FFPC championship, which if you head over to fantasypros.com slash NFL slash FFPC, you got to check this out. Like James Cook is going screaming up the board. He's at RB 21. So you're going to have to pay up in the sixth round to get him. If you want him, I still think that there is, and look, it's spicy. But there's still meat on the bone because I think James Cook, if all of the stars aligned, if everything hits for him, he can be a top 15 back. What do we want? Good offense. What do we want? Explosive player. What do we want to buy into? A player that can ascend in his second season with the draft capital of also being a second round pick. Everything is there for James Cook. So while you have to pay up in FFPC streets, you're going to get him as an RB3 in all of your home league drafts because in ECR and ADP, he's RB31, RB29. Give me that all day. Pat, who you got for us next? We got another running back, maybe? Antonio Gibson. And uh, Commander's head coach Ron Rivera has rediscovered uh, Antonio Gibson on his roster this year. It seemed like there were times when he forgot about that last year. He's been talking about wanting to get the ball in Gibson's hands this year more often. And yeah, talk is cheap, but um, I do think it would be wise to make better use of a running back who is as big and as fast as Jonathan Taylor who has extensive pass-catching experience as a former college wide receiver and who scored double-digit touchdowns in his first two years in the league. But, um, you know, Gibson's carry total hit a three-year low last year with Scott Turner calling the plays for Washington. Uh, Turner's gone. Now it's Eric Bieniemy. Fresh start for Gibson. And I think Gibson can be a bigger, better version of Jarek McKinnon, who gave us a surprise RB2 fantasy season last year. Um, and like now, Gibson does not have to share passing down work. He is not going to yield to J.D. McKissick anymore. McKissick is gone. The passing downs are Gibson's. I also think he's going to, uh, you know, carve into Brian Robinson's early down work. Like, I you know, I, I happen to think Gibson is the more better and more explosive back than Robinson. So um, I'm pretty optimistic that Gibson is going to return a profit on his RB 34 ADP. And uh, I think he's like a great running back three for you to target in drafts. I know this necessarily wasn't a bargain con- uh, podcast, but I mean, RB 34 for someone who we know has legitimate RB one upside is kind of yes. crazy. Oh, definitely. Right. Yeah, he is, he is underpriced right now. But, um, you know, that was the thing. They sort of froze him out last year after he had the fumbling problems in 2021. Um, but he didn't fumble that often last year. I think he only had like one or two. So um, I, I'm really excited about him for 2023. Debra, why don't you go ahead and close us out with your last favorite mid-round pick. Spoiler alert, I love him too. So this is going to be a fantastic one. Before I lean into this guy, I want to highlight this. We have talked about three, or I'm going to sit here and cap us off with mentioning, we've mentioned at least two players from three offenses in this show. We've talked about the Broncos offense with Samaj P. Ryan, and I'm talking about Cortland Sutton. Pat is wax poetic about Jahan Dotson and Antonio Gibson, so be buying into Commander's offense. And I'm going to sit here and give you the other half of my league winning stack for 2023 with Darren Waller. So buy into the Giants offense. All we keep hearing out of Giants camp is Darren Waller cannot be covered. So what are we doing? Why are we not drafting this guy higher? I've got him inside of my tier two tight ends, tight end two this year with only sitting with Mark Andrews. And people might think that's crazy, but look, I get that ECR and ADP is lagging behind a tight end five and tight end seven. I don't want to do that because you're looking and you're searching for paths of Who could possibly rival Travis Kelsey this year in raw target volume, production numbers? The answer to that test question is Mark Andrews or Darren Waller. 
One of those guys you got to draft in the second or third rounds of your fantasy draft. The other is going right now in ADP is the 63rd overall player, and he could slip to the 70s. Earlier in the offseason in best ball drafts, he was going in the 80s, and now people are slowly waking up to this. I talked about the Giants are going to throw more this year. Okay, that's going to filter down to Daniel Jones's number one wide receiver, which will be Darren Waller. We're still getting an injury discount. We're still getting a discount on what he didn't do with the Raiders over the last two years. I prefer to focus on what he did do. He was 13th in yards per route run, 6th in yards per target. Over the last two years, he is 8th in open score. The talent is still there. This offense is going to be constructed like previous last year's Kansas City Chiefs offense. All of these wide receivers around him are going to sit here and play roles and succeed in the roles they're asked to play. Darren Waller is going to be Daniel Jones's alpha receiving option, and he's going to crush his ADP in 2023. You heard it, guys. The Daniel Jones, Darren Waller discount stack. We are loving it here. All right, guys, we did it. 15 mid-round value picks. I mean, whew, it was difficult, but we got through it. Thank you all for hanging out with us today. As always, remember to subscribe, like the video, and comment on the YouTube channel as well what you think of these players. That is it for us, for Pat Fitzmorris, for Derek Brown. I'm Tara Roberts. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 